From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And welcome back once more to the Cannabis Podcast. Thank you for coming back. If this is your first time, well, an especially warm welcome for you. I hope you're going to enjoy the next few minutes because we are going to focus on, let's see, the subject might be, yeah, will be cannabis. Before we get started, this program is intended only for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction and is intended purely for entertainment purposes. You should always consume cannabis responsibly. This episode, in fact, we are celebrating the end of three years of talking about cannabis. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. I have a story on a cannabis company really stepping up during the BC floods that happened recently. We finally have some studies that confirm cannabis is not a gateway drug, as we were told for so, so long. Some big news in BC, retail. Cannabis stores can now sell clothing and a bunch more accessories, finally. And I want to tell you about another podcast worth checking out called How to Do the Pot. Plus, I have some shout-outs to supporters who bought me a doobie. And we're going to replay a few hot seat segments from the last few years in a section I've titled The Half-Quarter Episode. And we're going to make a stop on Cultivar Corner for some pink kush from Pure Sun Farms. All of that and more on Episode 85 of the Cannabis Podcast. And once again, let's thank our friends at theokanaganz.com, David Wiley and his crew, for today's story. And this was written by Mr. Wiley. Pistol in Paris flies to rescue flood victims. Dylan King had a bird's eye view this week of the flooding devastation in the Fraser Valley. The founder of cannabis brand Pistol in Paris is known in part for flying a helicopter. A commercial pilot, King normally commutes by air to visit the Pistol in Paris label growers, including J-Buds in the Okanagan. This week... King used his unique form of transportation to help people left stranded by flooding and mudslides. On Tuesday and Wednesday, he shuttled desperate people from Hope to the Lower Mainland so they could get home from their traumatic ordeals. King says the stories have stuck with him. There's a lot of people in a lot of tough situations, he says. They were so desperate to get out of Hope. I didn't charge one person anything. I wanted to give back. The scenes he saw were sad and upsetting. There's so many places underwater, so much livestock dead. It just makes you realize how fortunate we are to be safe and dry, he says, encouraging people to make even a small donation to the relief effort of their choice. In Merritt, two cannabis store employees have had their homes severely damaged by flooding. Jeff Thompson, who owns the Higher Path, says the store is located on higher ground but is closed because the community is evacuated. Two of my staff, their homes are completely underwater, he says. Higher Path locations in Trail... Castlegar and Oliver were in danger of closing due to lack of product, as shipments were indefinitely delayed and customers began to stock up. Flour and pre-rolls were the first to sell out. After some uncertainty, their order arrived Thursday morning, shipped through Calgary. Thompson commended the BC Liquor Distribution Branch. They are definitely on it, he says. The Higher Path location in Armstrong received its order by airmail Wednesday evening. We were really shocked. Honestly, we weren't sure, says Nicole Sullivan, a bud tender at Higher Path location. Still, some stores wait. Other stores say they are worriedly waiting on their weed. The BCLDB sent a statement to the OZ Thursday afternoon about the delays. We have been and will continue to make considerable efforts to work with our vendors and third-party carriers to maintain regular service levels. And I'm going to stop this story at that point, and I will make a personal comment, because we just got our order today. 
and it is Friday. And that order, the first order, would have typically been delivered last Wednesday, so it's nine days uh, overdue. And on the same, at the same time, we got our second order that was supposed to come this week. <laughs> so they finally did figure it out, and everybody is back in stock in terms of cannabis in B.C. But well done, Dylan King, a pistol in Paris, for using the capability that you have within your power, being a helicopter pilot and having a helicopter, to help people out in the floods. Now, that's the kind of people we like to see in the cannabis world. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. Now, cast your mind way, way back, if you can. I'll assume that you can go fairly far back, perhaps not as, as far as I can in the cannabis world in terms of simply age. But back in the day of reefer madness, when there was that horrible movie that People were described as really losing their minds with a single toke of cannabis. <laughs> Back in those days, there were some thoughts expressed that, that the norm just took for granted. For example, that marijuana was a gateway drug. Once you smoked marijuana, you were going to be doing heroin and everything else until the day you die from all of those other drugs. Well, we all kind of knew that that wasn't true. It was, in fact, I used to use the phrase, well, it's the same as saying that milk is a gateway drug, because pretty well everybody who started on some of those harder drugs at one point drank milk. <laughs> okay, I used a pretty broad expression of a gateway perspective, but here's a story from Normal. Experts agree that the use of marijuana is not casually linked to the use of other illicit substances. This study is the first to use nationally representative data across all 50 states and the District of Columbia to comprehensively explore the broader impacts of recreational marijuana laws, providing some of the first evidence on how marijuana legalization is affecting illicit drug use, heavy alcohol use, arrests for drug and non-drug offenses, and objectively measured adverse drug-related events, including drug-related overdose deaths and admissions into substance abuse treatment services. We find little compelling evidence to suggest that recreational marijuana laws result in increases in illicit drug use, arrests for Part 1 offenses, drug-involved overdoses, or drug-related treatment admissions for addiction. Marijuana has been proposed to serve as a gateway that increases the likelihood that users will engage in the subsequent use of harder and more harmful substances, known as the Marijuana Gateway Hypothesis, MGH. The current study refines and extends the literature on the MGH by testing the hypothesis using rigorous quasi-experimental propensity score matching methodology in a nationally representative sample. Results from this study indicate that marijuana use is not a reliable gateway cause of illicit drug use. As such, prohibition policies are unlikely to reduce illicit drug use. Sequentially, most consumers of illicit substances first experimented with either alcohol or tobacco. And statistically, the overwhelming majority of people to try marijuana do not go on to use other illicit drugs, and most typically cease their use of marijuana by middle age. Well, okay, I might have missed that memo. <laughs> In jurisdictions where marijuana is legally accessible, adults typically report decreasing their use of other controlled substances. In this sense, marijuana appears to act more as a potential exit drug rather than as an alleged gateway. In clinical settings, marijuana use is associated with reduced cravings for cocaine and opiates. Some other interesting information in that article, and yeah, I think it's finally out <laughs> that we've, I mean, we've all felt that all along, that it was not a gateway drug. In my mind, the whole thing about gateway drugs, it's all the person. 
some people just have a propensity and want to do drug after drug after drug, and, and, well, we see where some of that ends up. Thankfully, I never went down that path. And cannabis and maybe a couple of others that perhaps someday I'll mention. <laughs> we shall see. But there you go. So there is a definitive proof out there, or at least one study, that says marijuana is not a gateway drug. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. On Cultivar Corner today, we're heading to the West Coast, just a little from the actual coast. Delta BC is where Pure Sun Farms grows a lot of their weed, and they grow a lot of weed. There's a lot of Pure Sun Farms weed that is uh, dispersed across our country. I know certainly here in BC there's an awful lot of it, so we decided to use one of their products for Cultivar Corner, and today it is their Pink Kush. And what attracted me in selecting Pink Kush for this cultivar is the fact that this lot came through at 25.5% THC. And we all know that our THC is continually climbing if it's under 20% now, we kind of think, wow, there's not much THC there, is there? I'm still not so sure that's a good thing. But anyways, I don't want to digress this early in the process. Pink Kush is an indica from Pure Sun Farms. Let me give you the lowdown on it. While our Pink Kush comes from Legacy Bud on Vancouver Island, its exact origins are a little hazy. Although it is a relative of the legendary OG Kush, strongly aromatic with high THC potential, this 80-20 indica-dominant hybrid features aromas of white pepper, orange, butterscotch, coffee, and earth. And once more, <laughs> here is the challenge of Cultivar Quarter to see if we can pick up those particular scents. I'm getting a little bit of the spicy. There's no orange to speak of. Butterscotch is certainly not jumping out at me. Some earthiness. Okay, I'll consent to some earthiness. Now, I do have to comment on the actual flower. And we've talked many, many times on Cultivar Corner about how the relative importance of the size of the bud. Big, big buds is what a lot of connoisseurs, shall we say, are looking for. And I've been pretty open. And I'll take any kind of bud as long as it has some good THC associated to it. I was a little disappointed when I opened this package for two perspectives. I waited as I do everything that I purchase, and you should too. It's always a good idea to check. And now I still have to send them a note because this came out at 3.0 grams, not 3.5, which is what I paid for. Always disappointed in that. The other thing that I was a bit disappointed in, the size of the buds. Now, as I just finished commenting on, it doesn't usually matter to me. But these are real tiny. Like, <laughs> like, like really tiny. <laughs> now, I thought, okay, how potent are these if they're, if they're that small? So I did bring out the jeweler's loop. I took a pretty good look at it. And they were abundant in trichomes. They're small, but, but they are still abundant in trichomes. Now, before I dive too far down in this dissertation, let me give you the rest of what Pink Kush is. Now, we already said the THC is at 25.5%. Terpene profile is myrcene, humulene, and bisabolol, as well as limonene. 
The aromas, as we've kind of discussed, some spice, some sweet, and some diesel. And and I did get a bit of the spicy and a little bit of the diesel, but there's not much sweet coming through for me. Now, Pink Kush was a hugely popular underground strain on the west coast of Canada, and you might be familiar with it already, even if you don't know it by name. Colorful flowers, dense round buds, forest green leaves, and high THC potential. And here's another new thing on Cultivar Corner. It's only taken me 84 episodes to figure out that I can still go through the process of smelling the bud and, and, and giving a concept of, of what the aesthetics of it are. But I can also pre-roll the joint and have the vaporizer all ready to go. <laughs> so you may be incredibly surprised to know that, guess what? I've already got a joint ready and I'm warming up the vaporizer Well, we try the joint. So this is Pure Sun Farms Pink Kush 25.5% THC, 80% indica strain. Now on the smoke from the joint. Once more, I'm not picking up a lot of those flavor profiles. It is smooth, though. That's one thing I'm always looking for in any joint that I'm smoking. A bit of peppery and earthy notes, I suppose. And now we wait to see how long it takes to take effect. Aha! You may or may not have heard that, but I did. That was the Crafty Plus saying... I'm ready. I think it's then appropriate that we see what this tastes like. Oh, definitely some more flavor notes. Not a surprise. Not a surprise at all, but yeah. More of the spicy. More of the earthy. Perhaps just a hint of that sweet. Oh, it tastes really nice. That's a nice flower in the vaporizer. Now, how's about that 25.5% THC? Where about is that on the effects scale? I'm kind of waiting for something to happen here, hoping that Suddenly I get a hit of happy eyes. I'm kind of alternating now between the joint and the vaporizer to give a fair hoot <laughs> to both of them. Mm. Definitely more flavor profile with the vaporizer. That's really nice. Okay. Ah, uh, here we go. <laughs> ah, there's a nice rush. And that last hit kind of brought on the happy eyes. Hmm. Yeah, it did. A little bit of a rush. Hmm. That's feeling like a nice pink cush. 
So while aesthetically, it's probably not going to win a lot of Cannabis Cup awards, <laughs> or any awards for its beauty, because they're really small butts. <laughs> but I guess to the point that I have long made on the Cannabis Podcast, the size of the flower doesn't always mean better quality. These little buds got some pretty good THC content in them. And they're giving me a rather enjoyable ride right now. Hey, and I saved a little money too. Because it was relatively cheap weed. Just goes to show, sometimes you don't really need to get all that premium stuff. Ah, yeah. I think it's going to be a real nice night. Thank you very much. Pure Sun Farms, Pink Kush. And let me add one more thing in Pure Sun Farms' favor, and that is the amount of transparency they're bringing to the market. You can go to puresunfarms.com, and at the bottom of that page, you'll see a link for COA. Click on that, and you can then enter the lot number for the package that you have just purchased and get all of the details about that particular lot number. So in my case, this was lot 01143, which tells me that's pink kush, total THC 25.5%, total terpenes 1.95%, and the moisture at 14.4%. Then you can go further and see the strain info, which we talked about. So that's a pretty good point. The, I like to see that kind of transparency. That's a good sign in this industry. Now I'd like to give out a couple of shout-outs. Last episode, I told you about a service from buymeacoffee.com, which I affectionately retitled Buy Me a Doobie, and I'm pleased to say that a couple of you took me up on that. I want to shout-out to Doug from Winnipeg, a long-time listener. Doug, I appreciate the support. Thanks for being along for the ride. And also to Rob. Rob bought me five doobies. Awesome, Rob. Really glad you're enjoying the ride, and I absolutely appreciate your support. Listen, if you are so inclined, it's easy. You can just go to CannabisPodcast.com. You'll see a button there for Buy Me a Doobie, or you can go directly to the link, buymeacoffee.com slash Cannabis Podcast. Now, I hope sometime in the near future, we're going to have another guest on the show, and she's going to be the host of another podcast. In fact, it's called How to Do the Pot. Are you curious about legal weed? Well, three out of four women in the U.S. have access to legal cannabis, but most of them have a lot of questions. How to Do the Pot is a podcast that demystifies weed for women. Every week, through a mix of storytelling and practical tips, How to Do the Pot shares fun, short episodes that answer all the questions women are secretly Googling about weed. If you want to hear how women are exploring cannabis and have all of your questions answered, listen to How to Do the Pot wherever you get your podcasts. I could listen to Ellen all day, and they have tremendous production value, so check it out. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And believe it or not, we are actually going to the Government of BC news release for our next story, because this is big news in terms of retail for cannabis in BC. Cannabis-related clothing, books, and other items will soon be available for sale at private licensed cannabis retail stores providing customers with more choice and legal cannabis sellers with additional revenue streams. We've been wanting this ever since the doors first opened. 
Expanding the range of items available through private licenses will provide further support to a thriving legal cannabis sector in B.C., said Mike Farnworth, Minister of Public Safety and Solicitor General. At the same time, important restrictions will remain in place to help prevent unsafe activities and ensure we're not promoting or supporting the use of cannabis by minors. Effective November 26th, government will allow private stores to sell ancillary items that have a clear link to cannabis and meet certain conditions related to health and safety. Examples include books about cannabis and clothing or artwork featuring cannabis motifs. The sale of items unrelated to cannabis, such as snacks and beverages that do not contain cannabis, will remain prohibited. Many of our customers have a strong interest in peripheral items related to cannabis culture, like clothing, said Jacqueline Pahota, Executive Director of the Association of Canadian Cannabis Retailers. We welcome the freedom to meet this demand and provide our customers with more of a one-stop shopping experience. Before amending its cannabis regulation, government considered industry input, federal legislation, public health objectives, and potential effects on minors. Notably, ancillary items sold through CRSs may not depict a real or fictional person, animal or character, or include a testimonial or endorsement. Sell items that are typically associated with, or could reasonably appeal to minors, such as children's clothing, or associate cannabis with a lifestyle that may include glamour, recreation, excitement, vitality, risk, or daring. And further, CRSs are still prohibited from selling tobacco, liquor, or solvents. There's another big change in BC retail where the stores are actually going to be able to, like, sell their branded clothing. What a remarkable idea! I had a dream on October 17, 2018, about doing a podcast about cannabis while enjoying some cannabis along the way. And here we are, three years later. Thank you so much for being here. This could not be possible if you weren't on the other end, consuming all the stuff I spit out over the last three years. I really appreciate you being along for the ride. It, it's made it enjoyable. If I think back to that time frame, this was the thought in my head just after I had started the podcast about how popular it might become. And I'm hoping there's going to be enough people around the world, even if it's only five, I'm good. <laughs> I'm sure it's more than that. Five people will be joining in every week. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this. Well, it may be up to about six now. <laughs> I am absolutely amazed. I am so thankful to you, because without you, this would not have happened, and your help has brought this podcast to over 50,000 downloads over three years. I'm having a blast. I just started out to have some fun. And I'm kind of happy that you're enjoying the ride. So I thought to celebrate the fact that we have finished three years of doing this podcast, three years we've been talking about cannabis. Wow. I wanted to look back. And every time that I have a guest on the podcast, we end with my hot seat questions. A series of questions that kind of get a bit better into their personality about cannabis. And I'm going to now go back through some of those and play some of my favorites from the last three years. We're going to start with the very first one we did, and that is with my friend. He has become a very good friend to me over the last three years, and that is David Wiley, who is, of course, from OkanaganSea.com and TheOunce.ca. David was my second guest on the podcast. In fact, he appeared in episode two. And I'll have to contact him and see if his answers would have changed now after three years of cannabis. Here's my hot seat questions 
with David Wiley from Episode 2. When my son did a podcast years ago, I think I've already mentioned this perhaps, he had some hot seat questions that were kind of just a quick response and, and see where you go. Like if, a lightning round. Like lightning round, but but I don't have a ton of questions, so don't go too fast. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a few and just quickly want to get your, your initial response to these questions. Your favorite strain? Indica. Indica. Any particular indicas? Uh, about everything from... Broken Coast right now is quite good. Though yeah. Moonbeam is like nothing else. Okay. Moonbeam. Moonbeam. I'll have to try that one out. Uh, do you jo- do joints or do you vape? A little bit of both. A little bit of both? What's your preference? Uh, joints are definitely my preference. They still are? Maybe that's a throwback to high school years. Yeah. Yeah, it could very well be. Yeah, yeah I tend to fall down I, both I smoked for a long time too, so it's just a, something that I'm used, used to. Don't smoke anymore. Haven't yeah. for a long Neither time. Do I. Exactly. <laughs> Been a non-smoker for years now. I'm very pleased about it. Your favorite munchie? Ooh, that's a tough one because it changes with mood. Of course it does, and 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 changes with the strain too. <laughs> Ooh, I have such a sweet tooth, so I do love chocolate, and yeah. I definitely keep a little bit around. Though uh, I. We'll crack open a can of tuna every so often, like a like a mambly pambly <laughs> kitty cat. Apparently, oh, there you go. That's a, that's an odd one. Okay, good. See, I'm collecting these. <laughs> I'm going to write a book of people's favorite munchies at some point. While you're talking, a beer or wine to accompany. I usually keep them separate. Okay. Generally, though, I am a I am a craft beer guy. Okay, so you, so, you keep so the I'm, alcohol away from the cannabis. I do, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I, I tend to do the same thing. Yeah, I don't tend to mix. I just find that that it's better for me. So, so with cannabis isn't involved, then I'm thinking your answer to that question would be beer with the craft beer side. Craft beer side when cannabis isn't involved. When it comes to cannabis, though, tea. I find that tea is just a great accompaniment. Yeah, okay. And a lot of people do that. I get that one. Cake or pie? Cake for sure. Cake for sure. Can I have it and eat it too, please? (laughs) (laughs) You you can. And one day I'll make my extreme chocolate cake and and give you a taste of that. I saw that recipe in your cookbook. Yeah, it's it's really good too. Edibles or flour? Flour. Flour? Yeah, me too. Yeah. I haven't, the edibles, for whatever reason, just don't have the effect on me that that they seem to on others. I have a brother in the Kootenays and he swears by them, but they just don't do it for me. So same for you. That's and I've heard the same thing. Some people, that's all they want is brownies, yeah, um, or oils, which is yeah. something that people are are using now is yeah, oils or sprays. Yeah, yeah, but flour for me. And this was something that my son brought up when we were having a chat, and I'd never heard this phrase before. When you got a joint going and it starts to run, do you have a name for that? <laughs> I feel like once upon a time I did. I'd say it's kind of like a boat. Canoeing, I think. There you go. There it is. See, see All right. <laughs> Apparently, this is bigger than I ever knew it was because I just called it a bird. <laughs> I had to reach so far back into my brain for that one, Gary. It's hurting a little bit. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you did because that, that validates what my son told me because he said a lot of people call it a canoe. I'd never heard the phrase before. And now to episode seven. And Dana Larson. Let me finish up with a, what I am referring to as my hot seat questions. Just a few kind of quick responses to simple questions like, what's your favorite strain? 
Well, that's an interesting question. You know, I've smoked a lot of good cannabis over the years, and I'd say the strain is important, but the grower is just as important. Ah, and I guess that some of the best weed that I ever smoked was the blueberry strain grown by DJ Short, who was the breeder and creator of the blueberry strain. And uh, I learned a lot from that guy uh, back when I was doing Cannabis Culture Magazine. He did some articles about how to breed and how to develop strains and how to, to develop your palate for tasting and appreciating cannabis. He was one of the most amazing growers ever. And his blueberry that he grew himself, I would say, is some of the best cannabis I've ever had the pleasure of trying. Well, now I'm envious on that one. Do you uh, prefer joints or vaping? I'm a joint smoker. Uh, my friends call them Dana Doobies when I roll them because <laughs> I bet they are. a Dana Doobie <laughs> tends to be a one and a quarter size paper, uh, no filter, maybe a little bit pregnant in the middle, and usually uh, sprinkled in with hash and oil mixed in with a few kinds of weed. People sometimes say to me, what strain is this? And I say, all of them? <laughs> I just mix it all together. I call it the full spectrum uh, cannabinoid effect, right? So I, I try to do that with all my joints. So they're Everyone is unique and different, but they've all got a real blend of, of cannabis extracts and on, on cannabis and oils and that all mixed together. And I follow the same route. I, I never put filters in my joints either. I mean, I know every, everyone's dabbing these days all the time, and I dab a little bit, but I really, I don't have a dab rig at home. I don't really dab at home. I only do it socially sometimes, but I'm, uh, I've always been a joint smoker. I don't even really hit the bong very much. I just like smoking joints. They fit in well with my lifestyle and my activities, and uh, I enjoy rolling them probably as much as I enjoy smoking them. <laughs> it's a personal thing, isn't it? Absolutely. No, I understand that. Yeah. Your favorite munchie? My favorite munchie? Uh, I tend to be more into savory stuff rather than sweet stuff, so I don't eat a lot of candies or things, but I do like nice sugar, and I mean, I like some chocolate, and I like uh, eat a lot of chips and that probably more than I should. Uh, so those are the kind of snacks I enjoy, I suppose. Nice. And uh, do you do any edibles, or is it strictly flour for you? I do edibles sometimes, or I use drops sometimes. We sell these uh, hemp seed oil infused with uh, hash resin drops in my dispensary, and I quite like those. Uh, but edibles really are not for me for the daytime. Uh, I can function very well and do everything I have to do while I'm chain-smoking joints. That's not a problem. But if I'm eating a lot of edibles, I don't want to drive. I don't want to have to interact with people. Uh, I find it, you know, edibles, even at this point in my life, are still difficult to titrate the dose and to find just the right potency to get the right effect. So when I do use edibles, I usually use them at home in the evening uh, when I'm looking to really relax or get into an alternate headspace or, or seek out some extra creativity or something. But, uh, but on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't really use edibles uh, that often. And I guess it was somewhere between Episode 7 and Episode 19 I had my first experience with somebody coming into the store and asking for a half quarter. I never heard the phrase before, and I didn't understand it. And it suddenly became an obsession of mine to see how many people understood this term. Well, it came into the hot seat questions in episode 19 with my special guest, Stacy Kramer. Well, I knew this was going to be a great conversation, Stacy, and and it truly has been. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> finish up. Me. Oh, it's been it's been a real pleasure. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm gonna finish up with my typical hot seat questions. And so all far, right. all of my guests, I think I might have missed it one time, but but I try to make sure that every guest has the same opportunity. Your favorite strain? Okay. Ooh, oh man, probably. Um, ooh. 
<laughs> I have so many. Right now, I'm, I'm loving. I'm loving Nukin. Okay. Nukin's my go-to right now. Okay, that's your go-to now. Joints or vape? Yeah. Ooh. And by vape, I mean Probably vaporizer don't. rather than uh, you, than the vape you. pens. So, um, inside, I want to be like use the vape because it's healthier but no i like smoking joints for sure <laughs> i got the impression you were a joint girl <laughs> yeah your favorite munchie Ooh, um i like anything usually salty so like i like kettle chips okay so yep kettle chips for yeah. sure those good okay cake or yep. pie Ooh, cheesecake specifically Oh, nice. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to have to make a cheesecake. Uh, edibles no or flour? Uh, flour. I don't know why. I have a disgusting tolerance for edibles. So, I mean, at the end of the day, money-wise, it's really not worth it. And I, I really enjoy smoking flour. And I do too. And I, I find the unpredictability of edibles just... I, I can't work my mind through that. No. Okay. No. And then now you... So you are from Ontario, right? I am. So can you tell me why Ontarians call it uh, 3.5 grams a half a quarter? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you why, but I'll tell you, I've been out here for five and a half years and it took me about three and a half years to change my lingo. <laughs> I, I always half quarter. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, just working in the industry, you, you learn to have to change your language a little bit, but yeah. It, it always warms my heart when I get those guys coming through to the dispensary asking for a half quarter. There, there, I, there was one yesterday who, who really warmed my heart because he asked, could I get two half quarters? <laughs> I thought, wouldn't it be just shorter to say a quarter? <laughs> yep, literally it would. And, yeah. and sometimes you don't even know what you're saying, but I'm like half quarter. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's literally an eighth. All right. Um, yeah, we no, all have we all have a, language habits, so. Yeah, just a weird East East Coast thing, I guess. Yeah, and I realize from the people that have come in, it, it's really Toronto and East. Um, yeah, it's yeah. very much an Ontario weird thing, definitely. Yeah. And the question came up again in episode 24 with Sarah Ballantyne. Uh, what's your favorite strain? Ooh, I've tried so many right now. I <laughs> think it's the uh, Charlie's Angel. It's an Indica. Okay. Any particular properties of that that you like? It was very effective as an indica. <laughs> ah, nice. Nice. Gave you that body relaxation. and uh, Exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, excellent. Do you prefer joints or do you vaporize? Uh, joints, but we just purchased a vaporizer yesterday, so I'm going to start. I'm going to try it. Ah, you will become a fan. I think I, yeah. have, I have been a vaporizer <laughs> user for many, many years, and uh, it is definitely my preferred way of doing it. What, when you uh, have uh, had a bit of a talk, what's your favorite munchie? Hmm, interesting. I usually use it um, before bed, so I don't often get the munchies because I'm already sleeping. Nice. But but normally I'm a big uh, chocolate fan. Oh, okay. So anything chocolate yeah. would do it for you. Yeah, super dark chocolate. Super dark. Okay. I love the specificity. <laughs> and uh, do yeah. you prefer edibles or flour? Um. Well, I'm just going to get into the soft gels here probably this week. I'm going to trial them. Okay. So edibles for convenience. Yeah. But they kind of sneak up on you, so you have to be careful. They absolutely do. We've we've talked about yeah. that before on the show. Edibles can have a real surprise for you when you're not when you're not mm -hmm. expecting it. And and my last question kind of refers to retail and the different terminology we find across the country. I'm curious in relation to your customers coming in, if you have anybody coming in with it has an odd expression for three point five grams or what you and I would probably call an eighth. 
<laughs> yeah, the half quarter. <laughs> there it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. And, it's and, pretty funny. On day one, somebody hit me with that and I was completely confused. <laughs> and then you figured out that it was somebody from Ontario or East. And that's yes, the term. But I'm they from use. Ontario. Oh, but okay. I'm from Ontario originally, and I never used that before. I don't know why, but maybe it was just more advanced for me. Oh, isn't that interesting? I, I'm very <laughs> curious about that. And, and the funniest way I've heard it expressed so far was somebody who wanted to get uh, two half quarters. Oh. <laughs> like, why not just ask for a quarter? <laughs> I know. It's so strange. But it is. It is very strange. <laughs> it's like any other language, right? There's like different dialects and different, yeah. you know, all over the world. So That's what makes us, it's what makes us Canadian, the nuance of the language across the country. That's true. Yeah, for sure. From studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Well, it has been one heck of a ride for these last three years. I thank you for coming along for the ride, thank you for being a listener, and thank you for your support. It's been fun. If you ever have a comment on anything you hear on the Cannabis Podcast, send a note to info at CannabisPodcast.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Cannabis Podcast. And if you like what you hear and you feel so inclined, you can buy me a doobie. That's it for Episode 85 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio. High above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.